This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and remember, the show is brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. I really encourage everybody to go to theropetrainer.com. Check it out. It's a tremendous revolutionary device. It's going to hopefully change the way we look at uh, both training and warming up before games and possibly save a ton of throws on these young kids' arms and uh, prepare them better for when they do head out to the mound or get loose for games. I believe in it. I think it's got the scientific data behind it now to make it all uh, uh, make it all legit, if that's the word you want to use. And if you're the kind of person that needs scientific data, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people want it. Uh, we've been told a whole lot of things over our lives that sometimes is right and sometimes is wrong, and we feel better when we have some science behind it. So now they have that, and I look forward. won't be long. I'll have Chris Verna and John Smoltz themselves on the show, along with Earl Perrin again, to, to talk about the uh, the amount of time and effort and energy that they did spend seeking out that scientific data to make sure that what they were doing was right. And I do applaud them for that as well, because they basically said, hey, we need to know. So they did it, and it, it, it turned out that they were onto something there. So really great stuff. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com. I'm excited about the show this week. Uh, Before I get to the topic, I want to remind everybody to go to youthbaseballtalk.com and you can subscribe to our show. I could tell you a couple different ways to subscribe, but the easiest thing to do is just go to youthbaseballtalk.com. Many ways to subscribe. If you're on a PC or a computer, desktop, whatever it is, once you get to the homepage area, you'll see to the right, subscribe to the show. Very simple. If you're on a mobile device, you'll just scroll down one screen. You'll see subscribe to the show. Click on it, ready to go. So very easy directions to follow, and uh, every time we put out an episode, you'll get a notification, and it'll let you know that the new show is out. We have quite a few people that have done it that way, and uh, I've talked to numerous people over the couple years we've been doing this, and they actually prefer it that way. So uh, we encourage you to do so. At Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us on Twitter. We love the engagement. All kinds of great stories out there. Unfortunately, we see terrible stories sometimes, too, that make, make us want to – do some research and address those things as well. But there's so many great things going on with baseball, and Twitter is a great way to share that. Facebook is the same. Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook as well. You can find us. Please like our page. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter. If you like baseball, if you're involved in baseball, if you just want to be a part of the show and you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, we're going to follow you back as well. Keep the emails coming. I appreciate them. Info at youthbaseballtalk.com is where you can find me there. Uh, I love all the comments, even the ones I get where people are like, you know, Jim, i got to be honest, I'm just not buying it. Um, I know that guy supposedly did this, but, man, I just don't understand or whatever. The only way we can fix problems is to talk about them. That's why I love the emails. Info at youthbaseballtalk.com. And, of course, thank you to these great people at lineupmedia.fm for allowing me to be a part of their network, use their wonderful facilities. I encourage you to go to lineupmedia.fm. If you're a podcaster, for sure, they're going to have a show, I guarantee you, that addresses some of the other entertainment needs that you have. So make sure you check them out, lineupmedia.fm. Let's get to today's uh, show. It's a follow-up show, basically, and let me tell you why. Uh, last week, I did a show, to, and I felt it was necessary to do a show to give some advice. And again, it's not expert advice. It's, it's uh, advice due to dealing with it for some time. 
uh, and ways to look at tryouts because we're in that season, right? Uh, February means a lot of things to me. It's always meant, you know, catchers and pitchers reporting to spring training for Major League Baseball. But once your kids get into school, uh, whether it be middle school or high school or, heck, for some kids, college, this is the time of year when they get going and then they eventually have what are called tryouts. Now, when it does come to tryouts, uh, there can be a lot of things that go great and a lot of things that go poorly, a lot of things in the middle, and sometimes we don't know how to handle those. So we dis- we discussed some of the ways to approach tryouts last week, whether it be a player, a parent, or a coach. The feedback I got on last week's episode was nothing short of amazing. Um, I think I touched on – I'm not going to say a nerve. It can be a nerve. I think sometimes people take that the wrong way. I think we tickled a nerve. Uh, that everybody wanted tickled a little bit. And what I mean by that is the response I got was amazing. So many people that have had, you know, just horror stories or great stories or don't know or wasn't sure that were like, you know, that that really helped. I listened to it with my young player or, I, or our whole team listened to it or whatever. I had so much great feedback. Some of the coaches that had listened to the show had said, hey, that is it was really good. And if a lot of people would have listened to it, we feel like our job would be a little easier as well. So I really appreciated those comments for sure. Some of the advice I had gotten from people was, you know, you gave us a lot of great advice on, you know, how to support, how to handle, how to do this. What if you did one and got a little more informative about the technical aspect? Because what coaches tell me they see, and I mean all the way from the youth level all the way to the college level, sometimes scouts, things like that is that certain kids, especially if they haven't had the opportunity to go to a lot of showcases or they haven't tried out for a team before. Heck, some kids play on the same team from the time they're seven till they get to high school. They never tried out, and they show up, and they're like, what is all this, right? So uh, the advice I got from some people was like, hey, or request, not advice, request, how about doing a show where maybe you tell us what we can expect when our kid shows up to tryouts? Uh, So I thought, you know what? Um, I've seen a lot of showcases. I've helped a lot of people run tryouts, evaluated, do things like that. I've held a couple of my own, which which were really tough uh, at the youth level. I find it really hard to do a tryout because, man, they're just kids. But the truth of the matter is they are right. Some people just don't know what to expect. So I'll, I'll try to do my best here to give you guys some advice on that, uh, give you a little information, and then we can see where it goes from there. First off, Uh, If you're trying out for a team, the first thing I would recommend are um, things that start at home. Number one, uh, be prepared. And be prepared, it it can mean a lot of things. In this instance, what it would mean is make sure you're well-rested. They don't want to hear any horror stories about how you had to stay up all night and do homework or or you had to do this or you had to do that. Remember, this is a privilege. This isn't something that you're guaranteed. So I would recommend, if you're really serious about it, to make sure you're prepared to give everything you have to these tryouts. So plenty of rest, you know, eating right, make, you know, try to work out, get yourself ready to go. My guess would be is if the day you walk on the field to try out, if it's the first time you've picked up a ball or a bat, you're probably way behind the eight ball. And I think most people know that, but sometimes you have to say it out loud. So if the tryout dates, which here they're February 27th is the first official day of baseball, for the high schools. And remember, there's always rules and things like that in various states and, and high school associations and things like that. But the truth of the matter is, I would have to say this. If you haven't been working on your game for a month or two before tryouts, or unless you're a multi-sport athlete and you're not fairly accomplished in that sport so that you can show up and look like you know what you're doing and have a clue, you're going to be behind the eight ball. 
I'm just going to tell you that. A lot of people would like to tell you that that's not true, but I'm going to tell you that that's one of the problems with this whole thing is that sometimes parents and players feel like those kids that have spent the last two or three months working on their game, some people feel like there's something wrong with that. I don't understand that. I'll never understand that. If a kid wants to work on his game, well, then he wants to work on his game. And just because you don't, for whatever reason it is, whether it be another sport, whether it be you just don't believe in it or whatever, I, I have a hard time with people that believe that stuff that want to say that what those other kids are doing is wrong because it's absolutely not wrong. I just want to want to get that on the table. So, again, um, you know, um, this podcast is coming out with a couple weeks before that official tryout date. So if you're planning on trying out and you haven't picked up a ball or a bat, I would recommend you spend the next two weeks really getting ready. So there you go. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, when you try out, um, you know, nothing to do with your skill level, but I would suggest that when you show up for tryouts, whether it be a 6U baseball team or a professional baseball team and everything in between, high school, college, anything, look the part. Now, people may say, what do you mean, Jim? Okay, look the part. Show up in baseball pants, some sort of athletic shirt, a hat, have some sort of shoes on, cleats. Listen, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to have a lot of money to look like a baseball player, okay? I'm not here to, to say that you go out and buy a $100 pair of spikes, a $60 pair of pants, a, a $50 Under Armour All-Pro shirt, a pair of $100 batting gloves, a $400 bat. You know, you don't need all that. I've seen a lot of really good players not even have a bat and, and use a, a $50 glove. But the bottom line is don't show up in shorts, okay? Don't show up in blue jeans. Don't show up in cut-off shirts and no hat and dress shoe. You know, look the part, okay? Be prepared to look the part. Make sure all your stuff's there. Make sure you have everything. Don't show up without it, you know, don't show up forgetting your glove at home and your bat. Those are all the things that you can do and all the things that you can control. Now we get to the hard part, the things where you have to go out and perform. And there's the key word right there. You have to perform. All right? When you try out for something, I'm not going to say at all levels because youth level still has a lot of this in it. And this is kind of the sad part, but it is what it is, right? What your mom and dad think of you as a player no longer matters, okay? I'm not a big political guy. Like, a lot of people want to blame things on politics and knowing people and doing that. I'm not naive enough not to know that it doesn't go on. But my opinion is, is that if you're already wondering about those things and thinking about those things, then you might be in a bad spot, okay? You have to approach this feeling and knowing that you're going to make your own way whether you have success or failure. And what I mean by that is you have to know that you're going to go try out for something, and if the situation is there's 40 kids and there's 20 spots, it's very simply put that you have to be one of the best 20, okay? There's great advice that comes from great coaches out there. Do so many things so well and so hard that they have to find a way to get rid of you, and they can't find one, okay? Those are – it's always good advice. You know, be able to do lots of things. Be able to try to help. Be able to try to – to bring something to the table that other people can't, right? What are those things? Okay. Now, hang on. I want to go back, though, because I did say something that I want to, I want to expand on a little bit. When I say that I don't believe in politics and in sports, um, it, it's, it's kind of as it gets further and further up the chain, I guess is what I'm saying. And let me preface what I'm, what I'm saying by this. 
do they exist at the youth level? 100%. And what I mean by that is not even necessarily a bad thing, but what I mean is when teams are put together at the youth level, is it sometimes put together with friends, family, uh, maybe some people that have some money and can help the team with, with sponsorships? Yes, absolutely 100%. But that's part of it. So know that going in. That's what makes those go around. Now, there's plenty of organizations out there where you can pay a little more money and they have professional coaches. You don't have dad coaches. You don't need – everybody pays their way. You don't need sponsors. You don't need that. And that's how they sell themselves, and some people want that, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's why it's great to have options in youth baseball. That's really what makes our show go around is that all we're trying to do is give you information. We ask you to go research it and then make the best choice for you. But know that at youth baseball. Okay, that's what youth baseball travels, select, whatever you want to call it. That's what it has become. There are lots and lots of teams out there that people want to say, well, they're not a real select team. Well, give me your definition of select, right? Give me your definition. Like, who made you the boss of what a select team is or isn't? Just because their parameters for their team are a little bit different than yours doesn't mean they're not a select team. Now, you may say, our team is all kids that are the best of the best, and we're going to play the best competition, and it doesn't matter who your mommy and daddy are. Okay. I'm fine with that. So you've decided at a young age to put yourself in a situation where at the age of 10 or 9 or 12 or whatever it is that you're fighting for a job every year. Because if it was a true situation, and I've seen them, then that team should realistically be looking to replace you every year because that's what they do at the biggest level. Make no mistake about that. At the major league level, they are always trying to replace guys with somebody better. It's a cycle, right? What we don't realize is that some of those guys are the best of the best and they're not easy to replace. That's what they struggle with is trying to find guys that can fill those shoes, right? But at the minor league level, every time you hear about all these new guys coming in, how do you think they make room for those guys? There's some really there's some guys that were really good players that are getting the ax, right? So when it comes to the youth level, it, it definitely goes on. But when you get to high school, if they keep 20 kids, okay, know this. And and <laughs> Here's the sad reality of it. Middle school, high schools, and it, the farther up the chain you go, the more this becomes reality. Do not go into this thing expecting that everybody gets equal playing time. Do not go into this thinking that maybe if you were chosen and you were the – and you don't know this maybe. Maybe you were the 18th or 19th kid on the depth chart. You may not play at all. They may have kept you because they feel like you have some potential. They want to see you practice. They, they think maybe in a year you might grow. Uh, maybe you threw the ball well, whatever, but there are no guarantees. Now, I will say this too. Is there a possibility that if they keep 20 kids and they know that really only about 13 or 14 of them are what they consider to be quote-unquote future-type players, will they maybe keep one or two kids that come from good families, come from people that are uh, helping the community, kids that uh, – families that that have always been there to support the program and are – are great people and know they have no trouble and the kid's going to work hard and be a good teammate. And maybe there's another kid that was just a little bit better, but mm, you know what? I've caught their act at some games the last few years and we had their brother and all the family did was complain because he didn't play. And every time we tried to organize a fundraiser, they complained about that. And, and the one time I did play him, you know, I, I didn't play him in the right position. And you know what, this other kid here, you know, he's – I think we'll go with them. Does that go on? You betcha. You betcha it does. And if you haven't prepared yourself for that, then shame on you. If you're listening to this show right now and you're going, what's he talking about? Is he talking to me? I probably am. 
That's why when you're 10 and 11 and 12 and you act like a fool at a game and you're yelling at umpires and you're and your kids act in a certain way and you're not doing anything to help and you're and, and you're complaining every time there's a fundraiser and you don't show up when you're supposed to and you're late for all your practices and you miss games and you do all this. If you think now listen, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're lucky. But if that gets back to the people that someday have to rely on you, well, sorry. Maybe you should have thought about it. And if you think that's wrong, then you're in the wrong business. Okay? Being on a team's not for everybody, right? Hard work, being part of a team, being a good teammate, being somebody that wants to contribute, being somebody that wants to help, being somebody that wants to be supportive, that's not for everybody either. Okay? These are some harsh realities I'm going to give you guys because you're kind of walking into the lion's den, okay? If a kid's been to tryouts before, it's an, out, it's, a, it's an absolute advantage because here's what's going to happen. You've watched your kid play baseball for a couple of years, and when you fill out your forms, you, you, you pro, there's a lot of people out there that say, wait a minute, it, it didn't ask me on here what he hit last year. It didn't ask me where he played. It didn't ask me how hard he throws. It didn't ask me how fast he is. It it. Wait a minute, Coach. I, I, let me tell you something about my son. He hit 600 last year in, in, in Little League, and he and he hit f- six home runs. And and you know what? He he may look bad today, but trust me, he, he gets the hits in the big situations. And 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 I know that so and so. This is my favorite too. I know that so and so looks like a good player, but man, when the games come along, he's not very good. That's my always my favorite. Oh, he tries out well, but he can't play. Well, let me tell you. When you try out, that's exactly what you're doing is trying out. So you better look good, okay? Let me tell you what you can expect when you get there. You better be prepared to do these things. You better be prepared to run. So, yes, it does matter if you're fast. Yeah, it matters if you're big. If you're big and can murder the ball and throw it 100 miles an hour and you're not fast, it doesn't matter so much, okay? These things all go into this, and this is why coaches get paid. This is why coaches are put in the position. They have to put all this together. They look at the type of player you are. If you're a small player, you probably better be pretty quick. And if you're a big player and you're slow, you better be able to hit or you better be able to throw the heck out of it. Okay? It goes both ways. So you better be prepared to run. They're going to time you. So you may sit there and go, well, coach, his leg hurts. You know, he, he, he's never ran in steel spikes before. You know, running a 60 really isn't his specialty. He's a real good base runner. Well, that, throw it out the window. You're going to run. Okay, this is put up or shut up time. You're going to run, be prepared. Okay, and then if you raise your hand and they say, who wants to try out for infield? If you raise your hand, okay, this is always a good one too. Raise your hand, coach. You, they stick them all over right between short and third, and they back them all the way up. And they hit them all ground balls, have them throw them across the diamond. And then as a parent, you're sitting out there going, Coach, time out, hang on, my, co- my son has only played second base. That's too far of a throw for him. No, they don't do that. They're going to stick him between short and third, and they're going to throw it all the way across the diamond. They're going to see who can throw it over there. They're going to, you know, and, and then you're going to see, this is another one. The kid that can really play and knows how to pick it, and if, you, if you're involved in baseball, you know what pick it means. He's got great feet. He works his feet through the ball. Um, he comes up throwing all in one smooth motion. He, he looks the part. He misses a couple balls, and your boy bends over, picks the ball up, stands up, and throws it across. He fielded it, and he threw it over there. And then you can never understand, well, and that other kid missed two balls. Okay, They're watching. They want to know if you know how to play. Okay, It matters. It does matter. 
how you catch it, how you throw it, how you look when you do it. They're looking for long-term success, and they're looking for people that they feel like are going to continue to get better. So it absolutely matters how you do it. Make no mistake about it. And why do they put the little guys? They want to see if they can throw it over there. Make no mistake about this, folks, okay? It's been my experience, for for those of you that are going to say, well, my son's little, he plays second base, he can't do that. Well, that's, that's a tough thing. He's got an uphill climb because, let me tell you, it's been my experience the starting second baseman is usually the second-best shortstop at that level. And these are all ugly things I'm telling you, but I'm trying to get you prepared for this, okay? So know that. The starting second baseman is typically the second-best shortstop, okay? And then if you raise your hand and you say, hey, I'm, a, I'm an outfielder, they're going to take you in the right field. And they're going to put you way out there, and they're going to hit you balls, and they want to see you catch them and throw them to third base. And you're going to go, man, but we've never played from that distance before. Or, man, I've never he's never done anything like Well, get ready because that's what you're going to do. You're going to catch it. You're going to throw it. They want to see how you catch it. They want to see how strong your arm is. They want to see if you catch it, and then you throw it. They want to see if you know how to catch it on the run and throw it in. So they're not just looking at results. They're looking if you know how to do what it is you're supposed to do. Okay. So now at this juncture, you've watched them run, and they've they've they they've uh, and I didn't even tell you that they're gonna. Here's the best part. I forgot to tell you this. Then forgive me for this. The first thing you're gonna do is play catch. After they talk to them, so when they talk to you or they're talking to your kid, believe me when I tell you they're paying attention when they're looking out there at the kids that are looking down, shaking their heads, not paying attention, playing in the dirt. Versus the kids that are staring at them and listening to every word they have to say. So that's kind of where it starts. Then they play catch. And I can tell you as I sit here today that there are kids cut before they're done playing catch. Play catch with a purpose is what I've always been told. And that's what we've always told our kids. You're not just throwing the baseball and trying to catch the baseball. Play catch with a purpose. Right, these are all things you have to do. And some people, some kids want to act like they're corny. Oh, I'm not going to hustle. I'm not going to do this. That's for – here's my favorite, and you know where this comes from. This comes from the parents. What do you, suck up? You know, every time they ask for balls, you run and get them, and every time they look for help, you go help, and, you know, you you know, hustling out a fly ball, running as hard as you can. What do you, suck up? That's my favorite, by the way. They're watching. Make no mistake, they are, okay? So once you've done all this, you're sitting back there going, well, my kid's a hitter. He's a hitter. Why are, you know, when are they going to do that? They may not even do it the first day. But they might. And then here's the other one, too. They'll have a couple cages going. There'll be some kids on the field. And, well, he hit really good in the cage, but the coach didn't see him, you know. They're going to watch you in the cage. You know what they're looking? They're not looking. They're looking at your, uh, you know, your, your athleticism. And that's a key word. Don't forget that word, athleticism. Athletes play. I'm sorry, folks athletes play okay they're watching how you swing the bat do you know how to swing the bat all the sequencing that goes into it you know are you doing it properly or are you just murdering balls off a tee in front toss because it's coming in there at 40 miles an hour and anybody can hit that with a horrible swing and if you're big and strong it comes off the bat real good but are you going to have any success when that ball starts coming in there at 80 and it's diving and it's changing up and it's moving so they're paying attention they're looking for all these things and then if you're lucky, you might get to the point where they send you out there and they let you scrimmage a little bit. 
And make no mistake about it, if you're on the bubble and you get in a scrimmage and you get one or two at-bats or they let you pitch an inning or they stick you out at shortstop for an inning or they stick you in center field and they've got you down as a maybe, when you do get the bat, when the ball is hit to you, or if you do get to throw the ball off the mound, you better do well. I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen kids that were borderline players that had a bad day, had a bad two or three days, found themselves on the outside looking in. And it's sad, but it's, it's the way of the world. It's how it works. Now, sounds a little discouraging. Okay? Sounds tough. Sounds like, man, why would anybody subject themselves to this? Well, there's a great line, and I've brought it up numerous times in the movie uh, A League of Their Own. Okay? It's hard. It's difficult. It's supposed to be hard. That's what makes it great. All right? And I talked a little bit last week about that there's no need to gloat. There's no need to hit Facebook. There's no need to hit all these things if you do make the team because chances are, now typically this is the case. Not Well, I'm not going to say typically because you know what? Um, we live in a big town that's a big baseball town that has a lot of people in it that traditionally has a lot of really good baseball players. So what we see, when I, when I use the word typically, what we see is unfortunately there's a few kids cut every year from the freshman team that can play. And if they went to a different school – I've seen kids cut from the freshman team here that would probably go play JV at another school. I've seen it. We've had kids do it. <laughs> they get cut, switch schools because, it, because they really want to play a sport, and they go somewhere else and they play, and they play a lot. So it just depends. There's been years where it's the opposite. They've, they've got a good core, and then the last five or six kids, eh, they can't play that great, but they can do a little bit and – you know, I mean, it just depends. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't with that. But the reality of it is that's typical here. But what might be typical in your area is that, you know, maybe everybody makes a team. Maybe you're in a situation, I, I've seen that. You know, hey, we're having a hard time just getting enough kids to come out. All right, so, so I shouldn't have used that word typical, I apologize, because there is nothing typical about any of this, really. But what I will say is you have to know your situation going in. You have to know the parameters. You have to know what's expected, and you have to be prepared for whatever happens. But what I would suggest to you is, is to be prepared, and I hope I gave you some information today on what you can expect, okay? And maybe that'll help a little bit. I don't know if it will, but maybe if you know what you're getting into when you go out there, you know, be prepared. Here's what I would suggest. You know, obviously we've covered this. I've talked to a guy about maybe coming on to get a coach's perspective of tryouts next week, and I'm working on that because I think that'd be really cool to kind of finish up maybe like a three-part series of tryouts since it's all coming hot and heavy. So that's my goal is to next week have somebody on as a coach to say, let me tell you what I'm looking for here, okay? But what I would say to you is this. Don't ever be afraid to fail. Okay, like I said, people might have listened to the show today and went, oh, my gosh, Jim, all you did was make me more nervous now. Okay, there's nothing wrong with failing. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. We as parents, you know, want our kids to succeed so badly that we worry about things like that. There's nothing to worry about when it comes to that. Kids are going to fail. Okay, they're not just going to fail at baseball. Believe me, if they fail at baseball and that's it, Man, that'd be that'd be pretty good, trust me, because there's going to be a lot bigger things, okay? But when it comes right down to it, give a great effort and let the chips fall where they may is always my advice when it comes to tryouts. Don't do it and then at the end say, man, I wish I'd have done this or I should have done that or, man, I, 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 I don't know why I didn't know. There's a lot of information out there, okay? 
A lot of great coaches, too, if you're looking for advice. You know, I've, I guarantee you in the town I'm from, if you were a freshman parent and your kid wanted to play baseball and it was December or November and trials were in February, if you called our coach or, or maybe not called him, let's say emailed, if you emailed him and said, you know, I'm a freshman parent, have never done anything like this before, my son really loves baseball, I don't know how good of a player he is, but he really wants to do well in tryouts, could you give me some advice? Like what will he be asked to do and what do you look for? I know for a fact the coach here would, would email him back. Very few guys out there take the approach of, I don't have time for you. And if they do, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm not naive enough not to think there aren't guys out there that feel that way or maybe think that way. But the reality of it is, if that's going on, I am sorry. Because there's nothing I can do about it, and I wish you didn't have to deal with it. But the truth is, the majority that I know would appreciate an email and would take the time to give it what it deserves, and that's a response. But yeah, that's my goal next week is I'm hoping that's going to happen because I always love talking to coaches about tryouts because what I inevitably find out is, is that typically they're looking at things that you or I aren't aware of. That's why a lot of times, and I've said this over and over again, that's why there's always conversations after tryouts where typically there's always a few people that are like, I don't know what they're looking for or they're crazy. How could they... A lot of it is because we don't really realize what they're really looking for. Some of that comes from our uh, experiences in youth baseball and the travel select baseball world. The things that we thought were good, you know, we were just, you know, I say all the time, immediate results are not always the greatest thing in the world. What's really good? See, here's, here's the problem with this whole thing. Getting a whole bunch of hits but doing it the wrong way so that sooner or later that you're set up for failure, what's, what's good? Or a kid that really swings the bat well but just can't seem to hit. Both sides are both sides are out there going, now wait a minute, my kid, you know, he's gonna get it sooner or later. Look how good his swing is technically and mechanically, it's perfect, and blah, blah, blah. And then somebody's sitting over here going, Yeah, but he never gets any hits. And this guy over here is going, look at his swing, it's long, it's lumbering, his bat is slow, he rolls his hands over, he doesn't get off his backside, he squishes the bug, he doesn't keep his eye on the ball. And then this, But this guy here is going, yeah, but all he does is hit. <laughs> it's just such a tough world. This guy, look how hard he throws. That's another one. Look how hard that guy throws. Somebody over here is going, yeah, but he never throws a strike. And then this guy over here is going, Man, this kid can't throw it through a brick window. Couldn't throw it through a glass window. But then there's another guy sitting there going, "Yeah, but all he does is get people out." You know, look how good that kid fields the ball. Yeah, but he makes errors all the time. Man, that kid doesn't know what he's doing out there. Yeah, but he makes every play. That's the hard part, right? That's why the coaches have tough decisions. Everybody thinks it's easy to be a coach. I assure you, it is not. Um, every coach I've ever met and come across, whether it be youth or at the next level or the next level or the next level, I'm not going to say they enjoy uh, cutting kids. I, I will say that I think after a while they they don't have the time to let it bother them as much as it may bother them when they first started. I think it becomes just, look, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, I, we just do the best we can. You know, I think every one of them to a man would say, have we missed on some kids? Probably. Have we made some poor choices? Probably. But we just got to keep moving on. The sad part is, is that off the record, they would probably say they doubt very much they ever miss on the top 10 or 12 kids. When they miss on a kid, it's typically that back eight. 
And that's where most of the uh, upsetting things come from, from parents. You know, I, I, it's not an easy thing to say, but if you didn't make it and you felt like you should have made it, you were probably in that back end anyway. Now, some people just want to be part of a team. You've heard Steve Springer say on my show numerous times that it's a late-blooming sport. With that being said comes this advice. If you really, really love it, if you're not you, if you're a parent or if you're a parent out there, I'm not talking to you right now, I'm talking to the player, whether you're 8, 9, 10, 14, 15, 16, whatever you are. If I'm talking to you and you're an adult and you're still trying to play, if you still love it, then keep playing. Number 1, to enjoy it. There's somewhere for you to play. Remember that. Okay? Remember that. There is somewhere for you to play. And how much work you do on your game if you're a young player and still have time to grow and still have opportunity, that's up to you as well. There's a whole lot of opportunities out there to do that. So there are no excuses for that. This world is full of guys that are more than happy to take a little bit of money from you and help you with your hitting or help you with your fielding. Um, Maybe your situation is you can do that, but you need to be a better athlete. That's something that never gets talked about. How good of an athlete are you? Because the bottom line is there's just kids out there that are just really good athletes. And there isn't anything you or I can do about that. Good for them. You know what I mean? Good for them. But all that's out there. And then you may say, but Jim, I don't have a lot of money to spend on that stuff. Well, guess what? Just go get some work in. The internet, typically, you probably got to, you know, most of these people that don't have any money have internet or have a phone. Okay, there's all kinds of great content out there. And then it's up to you. And, and guess what? You know, let's quit beating around the bush here. It's tough. It is tough. So no matter what you're doing, I would suggest you get to doing what you're doing. Okay, it is tough. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to tell you it's easy. I'm not going to tell you there's all kinds of easy answers. I'm not going to tell you if you get cut as a freshman, it's easy to go just go get better and, and, and be it as a, and, and go make it as a sophomore. What everybody has to remember is, you're working, but so are other people. That's what I always tell my kids. You need to work knowing that everybody else is working too. So while you're getting better, they're getting better too. You need to get to work and you need to do something to differentiate yourself. You need to do something. And when you do get that opportunity, you better hold on to it. I've always told my kids, number one goal, work hard. Have fun, okay? If your goal is to be a part of the team, then let's make the team. And then let's find a way to play. And then let's find a way to get in the starting lineup. And then let's find a way to stay in the starting lineup. Those are the, that's the natural progression for you if you really want to play. You know, If you want to sit there and feel sorry for yourself and do all this kind of stuff, you're going to wind up getting what you get. Most people get what they deserve in this. It takes a lot of work. It takes a big commitment. I hope this information helped you. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing the show next week where we get the coach's perspective on tryouts because I think that'll be a por- uh, really important. So I would encourage you to make sure. Uh, if you didn't hear last week's show, I talked a little bit about wh- how I think people should look at tryouts. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one. I-, I feel like I did a good job of presenting what tryouts are all about only because I've been through it quite a bit. And then, se- and then lastly, next week, if I can get the right people on here, I'm really, I, I, and I'm working on that. I'm efforting that. Trust me. If I can get the right people on here, I, I really would like for you to hear it because, man, I just don't know that people really understand what what goes into it. So, 
looking forward to it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to take a short break here. Uh, I want to remind everybody that the uh, youth baseball talk is brought to you by the Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. I encourage you to check out the ropetrainer.com today. Great stuff as always. My friends Earl Perrin and John Smoltz, Chris Verna, they've come up with a outstanding training device, an outstanding device to use to save these unnecessary throws on these kids' arms. And I think you're going to start seeing them in bullpens all across America, including some Major League bullpens as well. Make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. Going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear from our contributors on a weekly basis. See you then. Attention, coaches, parents, and student-athletes. Here at Youth Baseball Talk, one of the most common emails we receive from mom and dad are about the college recruitment and selection process. Far too often, these emails do not have happy endings. Let me tell you about our friend Mark Lineweaver in Perfect Placement. Perfect Placement identifies and helps you with important decision-making factors which are way too often overlooked in the college recruitment process. Such as, is it the right student body size for you? Is it a comfortable proximity from your home? Do they offer your desired field of study? How about extracurricular activities that interest you? And of course, the proper level of competition for your skill set. Once they've identified these factors, they will contact those colleges and speak directly to the coaching staff in an effort to help you. To learn more about Perfect Placement, simply check out their website, perfectplacement.com. That's placement with a Y. To contact them, you can email them at info at perfectplacement.com. Remember, that's placement with a Y. Call 310-921-8669 for more information. That's 310-921-8669. Perfect Placement, specializing in assisting your student-athlete. Hello, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Uh, Really appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoy talking about stuff like that only because I think it is a very misunderstood thing. So it does always kind of get me riled up when when I start talking about it. Right now, uh, I want to hear from uh, one of the best coaches and a guy that I would listen to. And I guarantee you, if you contact him and ask his opinion about tryouts and things like that, he'd answer you back. Uh, and it's the good, great Justin Stone with Elite Baseball to Chicago. It's time for his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Justin, take it away. Thanks, Jim. This is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. Before tryouts, and in this time of the year as we get closer to the season, I have youth parents asking me, when is the right time to play up with my son or daughter? So we're going to ask and answer some questions here today that can give you a better understanding of the benefits of playing up at a higher skill level or age, as well as the drawbacks that you need to question before making this decision for your son or daughter. And the first one is, what is the greater benefit of playing up? Oftentimes we know the speed of the game increases and we're going to get a higher skill level with stronger and faster players. But also keep in mind that for your son or daughter to get better, there needs to be development in mind. And as they continue to progress in the game, if they are one of the better players at their age group and have a chance or opportunity to play up, the only time I think this is very beneficial for a player is if they would play this same or similar role that they would play on their younger team. That means they need to be a difference maker. If we're taking the player that's batting third and playing shortstop on our 9U team and we're asking him because he has the skill level to play on our 10U team but he's playing left field and batting eighth or splitting time, this doesn't benefit the overall progress of the player in terms of his development. So this is something that you have to consider. Ask questions. Ask the coach what is the particular role going to be for this team. A lot of times this comes in cases where there aren't as many players at a particular position. Catching and pitching are often the ones that come to mind. 
So if we have a player that can play up and be the everyday catcher and continue to succeed, and that's an important piece as well that you need to think about. Is my son or daughter going to be challenged yet still have success where we're not burying their confidence by playing them against an older level of competition that they're simply not ready for that speed of the game? Yeah, they may be able to handle the catching side of it, but if they can't catch up at the plate and we're burying their confidence at that point, it's not a beneficial move. They need to have some degree of success. Challenging is great. But at our 9U level, if we have that player that is dominating the competition and can still have success at the next level and then be challenged, that's fine. But if we're doing it simply because we're trying to fill a hole on a team and now we have a, a situation where they can't compete as successfully at that level and it goes beyond challenging them, where we're actually putting them in a, in a negative mindset and they're questioning their love for their game, they're questioning their ability, we're doing more to their psyche in a negative way than we are doing to benefit their development. And the pitching side comes to mind as well. That player may be able to pitch up on that team, but are they going to continue to be able to play the position and work in different aspects of the game? Because we know at 9 and 10, the primary position you have at that age may not be the same one that you're going to play at 16 or 17. And we want to be as well-rounded as an individual and a player as we can as we continue to climb the ladder. Are they going to get those opportunities at an older age group? So these are some things that you have to ask the question for to the coaches that are trying to make these decisions. A lot of times I feel like parents want the self-confidence for themselves, the bragging right to say, my kid's playing up, he's 8U and he's playing on a 10U team. Well, that's great. What type of team is he playing for? Would you rather play, play for a better team at a particular age group or a worse team that doesn't have much success, doesn't have as good a development just to say that you play up? So you have to keep the goal in mind. Is this really for your son or daughter? Or is this for you as the parent? And hopefully as we answer that question and you do so in a realistic way, we, we keep in mind that we're trying to do this for the best interest of our players, not the bragging rights of our families. And that continues to happen as players get older. They think, well, if I'm playing up or I can put a particular logo of a team on my chest, that means my kid is being better. But in reality, it's more just a status check for the parent or the family. So getting back to the very bare bones of what we're trying to do in summer baseball, in spring ball for our youth travel players, we're trying to put them in a position where they can continue to develop, have success, and continue to enjoy the game in a well-rounded environment where they can continue to progress in a lot of different aspects of the game instead of being pigeonholed into one or two particular areas. So there's a lot of things that go into mind when you talk about playing up and when is the right time for you. And these are areas that we covered not just on the fundamental side of EliteBaseball.tv, but the mental side as well. Come check us out. We're free for 48 hours. And until next week, I'm Justin Stone, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always from my man Justin Stone and all the gang at EliteBaseball.tv. Again, I encourage you to check it out. There's a great training device, um, EliteBaseball.tv. It's a yearly subscription. Yeah, all the videos, all the content, always being updated. Some of the easiest stuff that you can do to make yourself a better player. Very inexpensive by the by the uh, if you go buy what everything else costs for weekly lessons, things like that. This is a drop in the bucket. Trust me. Check it out. EliteBaseball.tv. Now it's time to go over to uh, my good friend Rick Strickland with the St. Louis Pirates. It's where my son plays. I get to see him on a weekly basis and. He's, a, he's an ever-changing guy. He's always constant. He's always moving with the times, always trying to figure out new ways to help kids. If you're not following him on Facebook, I encourage you to go out to Rick Strickland Baseball. 
He's always live on Facebook showing you some of the new stuff that he's doing, and you will be nothing short of amazed. Uh, he had my son on there last week and had him all hooked up to these gizmos so that they could see a 3D motion sensor of him swinging. Really cool stuff that lets them play back exactly what the body's doing and how it's being used. It's amazing stuff what he's doing, but I love the Ask Rick segment since we started it, and it's brought to you by St. Louis Pirates Nation and Blast Motion. So let's hear this week's edition of Ask Rick. Rick, take it away. Good morning, Jim. Thank you again for having us on the show. Always excited to join you on this great show um, and answer some questions that we get from the audience. And this week's question was regarding um, uh, people watching some of the Facebook Live and Periscope things that we do, and they look at some of the technology stuff that we put out there. And the question of the week was basically, uh, when would they start to train um, their son or daughter with a person like me that use some of this more advanced, complicated stuff uh, this way. Uh, personally, I try not to train kids that uh, what I would consider to be 60, 90. That means they're not playing. They need to be playing a 60 foot. Uh, pitching distance in 90-foot base paths. And so when you look at that, it's usually depending on what state you're in, 13, 14 years old. So basically junior high at that point. You've got to be very careful with using more real advanced technologies with that age group because, you know, those bodies are constantly changing and evolving at this point in time. And, you know, to be able to do that, you can probably give a snapshot and start to teach the, the, the kids to how the body actually moves. But I don't know that it's overly, overly important for the skill component of that. Now, one of the things that you can start to use the, the more advanced stuff is to kind of look in and see, you know, how the body's performing, maybe kind of pick up on some biomechanical stuff, some, some strength and mobility issues that may be uh, there that need to be worked on if you're involved in a strength program. But when you're working from that level, it's really when you decided that this is not a recreational um, thing that we're going to do, that we're really focused on, on becoming the best player that we can possibly be. It's always caution players for that, I mean, parents for that, because, you know, we kind of look at all of our kids and, you know, think everybody has a shot to be in the major leagues. But I think really, really when you're dealing with this youth market, if a kid's struggling with the swing, going in maybe for a lesson or two with any instructor is, is fine uh, to kind of get yourself in, uh, prepared to, to, to go, you know, perform in the ball game. But, you know, signing up for our program is a little bit different because we ask for, for a larger commitment to that program. So I'm going to tell you that that answer to that question is is basically when you think the kid is ready and you've identified, you know, from an objective standpoint, if you can do that, that this kid really has an amazing talent and, um, you know, we need to be getting him to the right people to help advance him on the skill and athletic side. So with that, am I working with 9- and 10-year-old kids? Absolutely not. Uh, we don't think that at that point in time we've, we've identified, you know, whether or not that kid's going to be a um, – a high level, I don't want to say high level, but basically a, a player that, that, that would warrant going in to, to do this type of stuff. The other thing I would say is that usually you can get a kid that, that's maybe 12 or 13 it's a, that's got that special skill set, uh, but you also got to have a matching um, mental uh, and maturity level to go into that because there's a lot of requirements for uh, kids to try to understand and do and execute those movements. So usually with us, it's later in the ball game. If you just want to go in and just kind of get yourself tuned up for a – for a game that's coming up there. There's no harm in taking younger kids in there to kind of get uh, uh, an explanation of that. But I wouldn't make it a habit with 10, 11-year-old kids going into a hidden instructor every day uh, to bang on a tee uh, with that. Just my experience is, is with that is that over time, uh, you start to see kids migrate to other things, other sports, you know, other activities. So um, 
you know, if it's just a way to reward a kid because there's a passion for it, I have no criticisms for it, but um, understand exactly what you're looking to gain out of that. Are you looking to gain just for an activity uh, so the kid can compete uh, in his little league games? That's one thing. Uh, but with me, you know, we're really focused on that that that, that more elite talent uh, type of kid and not the kid that's more recreational. Hope I answered that question. Uh, I can talk all day about these subjects, uh, but um, I appreciate it as, as always, Jim, every week giving an opportunity to come in and speak to the audience and love answering these questions. So keep having them come back to us. But I look forward to seeing you next weekend again, Jim. So thank you again for having me on the show. Great stuff as always. I'd expect nothing less than honesty from my man Rick. That's Rick Strickland with Rick Strickland Baseball, the St. Louis Pirates Nation, and, of course, brought to you each week by Blast Motion. Again, I hope you enjoyed the show this week. I, uh, I love doing stuff like this, talking about things that I think are often misunderstood. And I encourage you, if you did not listen to last week's show, to go back and hear, hear that one as well. Uh, I'm, I have basically turned this into a three-part series with my goal of having the right guy on here next week to tell you what coaches look at during tryouts. Uh, for theropetrainer.com, for youthbaseballtalk.com, all the people at lineupmedia.fm, my great producer Brian Crock, who puts this show together for me each and every week. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and we will see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. Today's show is presented by DaVinci Smart Drink. Order yours now at lineupmedia.fm forward slash DaVinci. DaVinci, excite better thinking. Need a mental boost? DaVinci Smart Drinks were designed with professional thinkers in mind. With key ingredients shown to improve cognitive function and increase mental energy, DaVinci Smart Drinks excite better thinking. Drink a DaVinci. Let it go to your head. This podcast was a presentation of LightUpMedia.fm.